Good morning, beautiful souls. I am going to read to you from the book of Karma and Sadhguru um, until beautiful Tom comes and joins me and we have a little bit of a discussion around staying calm during these times and how we manage our time when there is so much chaos going on around us. So something that has been really incredible about this book that I've been reading each night. So I read before I go to bed each night without fail, even if I'm tired. Um, and this really stuck out. There's two things that um that really stuck out to me when I was reading this book. And I'll bring Tom in and then I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and it's just in regards to what people are suffering right now. So Sadhguru says, you know, there's two things that you are suffering right now, which is your memory and your imagination. And I'll explain that a little bit more. Um, but first of all, we shall bring in the legendary Tom and see how he is this morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Really good. I was just giving a little bit of context then um, for our chat this morning because I thought I would draw upon the Karma book that, uh, that you gifted me, but that I've just been like absolutely loving. And last night, I, yeah, I wrote so many things. Well, I wrote in my journal about the points that really stuck out to me and I feel like I almost just want to read like the next few pages but I'll see how succinctly I can make it because I've heard this before and I'm sure that other people listening and even yourself included have heard it before as well. Um, so he says here now human beings as we all know experience time as three different dimensions the past, the present and the future and our lives and our languages are structured around this. But he said, in actual fact, all that you call your past exists only as memory. Do you see this? And that all the life events that have shaped you, all the work that you've ever done, and all the money in your bank balance, all the vacations you have been on, and all the conversations and arguments you've had, all the relationships of love and hatred and indifference, all the friendships and enmities that have nurtured and all the books you have read and movies you have seen, all the scriptures you have read, all this exists only in your memory. And similarly, all that, all call, similarly, all that you call future exists only as imagination. And he goes on to explain that the only two things that you suffer in life are based off what's happened in the past and then what's like what you're thinking about too far in the future. So memory and imagination. And I just I really loved it because he was talking about being in the present moment and he went on to explain about there's no future inevitable moment there's only this moment right now and like wrapping your head around that in itself is kind of like 
it sounds like a really simple line, but it's probably something that I should meditate on for the rest of my life, to be honest, because um, I know that we all have such big goals and um, we do push hard with our work and we like our own practices, but to actually be like in this moment right now that we're chatting, this is the only inevitable moment right now. Like what happens next will be in that moment then, but right now this is that that present moment and to get too caught up in our past or our future um, can kind of put us in this stir of like chaos. It, it, I feel like that's when I get drawn into the chaos as, a, as opposed to, oh, I have goals and future plans, but I'm not feeling stirred by it. So um, with all of this lockdown stuff, I thought it would be a nice little opportunity to speak with you about your thoughts on that and how you um, how you navigate going through those times yourself from where you're where you're currently at right now. Yeah, well, I guess to add to your point, and it's something that Tony always says is um, the past is not your future unless you live there. Or I know I'm butchering that quote, but he's basically saying your past does not have to define your future unless you're living in the past. For a lot of us, we kind of get stuck into our old limiting beliefs. We get stuck into our old thought patterns that we don't allow ourselves to change those, which actually prevents us from evolving as a person and growing and moving forward. So for anyone watching or listening to this, it's all about trying to accept that the past is what it is. It's not changeable, but what is changeable is what you're doing right now in the present moment that will massively define what your future outcomes are because everything you're doing now is going to affect everything that comes in the future. So it's all about making the right decisions in this moment to positively affect you know, those future moments, which is where when it comes to this lockdown situation, if you're stressing out, if you're getting down, if you're letting emotions or negative emotions, I should say, get the better of you, what do you expect your future to be? It's all going to be a potentially negative state because of the things that you're experiencing right now. Whereas if you look for the opportunity, actively look for the positives and actually take action on doing something that you might not have otherwise done if there was no lockdown, then what do you think your future is going to be like? It's going to be good because you take an action in that moment towards positive change, which is obviously where we're all striving for. So I know I was on my um, my business mastermind call last night and um, mum texted me to say, yeah, this is official, check the news. She'd already texted me earlier in the day saying, yeah, we're going to go into lockdown, uh, prepare yourself. And as soon as she said that, I was like, awesome. Yeah, this is, a, this is an opportunity for something, whether it be to come down and see you guys. There's a good chance I'm probably, as soon as I've got my schedule finalised for the for the week with clients, I'll give them all the call in about an hour's time. Once I've got that scheduled, I know where I need to be during the week and I'll probably even run a workshop on Thursday or Friday for a couple of hours on some nutrition and biohacking and things like that, which I wouldn't have had the opportunity to do if it wasn't for the lockdown or even coming down to see you more or doing other things, catching up on Zoom calls. I know I've got a lot that I've kind of um, spread out over the next few weeks based on when people are available. I know a couple of guys over the Eastern States aren't available this week, but they might be now because I might be able to find a better time with them now that I'm all free as well. So there's plenty of opportunity. That's what it's all about is looking for how you can gain a competitive advantage. Not that 
I'm saying competitive advantage on other people necessarily. It's not all about beating other people, but how can you gain a competitive advantage on yourself? How can you get that next level up by finding that opportunity? And as soon as you switch your mindset into looking and searching for what you can gain rather than looking at what you've lost. I mean, you know, I'm probably going to lose most of my income this week because I need to physically be in the gym to have an income with clients. I'm still going to retain half of them by the looks of things, which is good. But at the same time, if I was focusing on that, then what sort of state is that going to put me in? Versus if I focus on where I can, yeah, potentially gain something. Um, two very different mindsets produce two very different results. And something that you also talk about as well um, and that we've spoken about together is like that level of what you can control. And this is where I, I love when the universe shows people how much they really don't have control of all of these things that are happening around us. Because I think we coast through life and we think we've got this element of control, but really there is so much that we cannot control around us so it's like you know the people that we pass by our work situations the world situations environment but what we can control is the way that we respond to a situation and the way that we show up in these moments so like you were just saying then it's like yep this lockdown stuff happened but the way that you can control how you move forward or you that you be present in this moment is like okay how can I like manage my emotions here? How can I manage my finances for this? And it's like that for you might look like um, contacting more people for juice plus or, you know, just putting more time into the catching up side of Zoom calls or business masterminding so that next week when you do have clients again and you're able to step back into the gym, you have time, you're able to turn up present in those moments even more um, and and to always remember that life is happening for us and while we can't always logically grasp onto this concept maybe when we're in it and going, well, why would that ever happen? Why would that ever need to have happened? It's often the hindsight that we go, oh, I can see now that the world's needing a rest on a bigger level. That's what I always think. And things like, you know, natural disasters happen or things like lockdown, I just go, wow, the earth needs a rest. So if the earth needs a rest, we must need a rest as well because we're obviously putting too many things into the universe that's overwhelming it and it's not in a healthy way. And it's probably a bit like our own schedules and um, we, can, we can fill it with so many things, but how many of those things are toxic and how many of those things are healthy? And, yeah, that's I always love seeing the world in that way and I understand that people watching or listening at a later date may not be at that space right now but um yeah if you if you if you'd love to have more guidance around that kind of mindset stuff like reach out to Tom or I and I know that Tom really loves all of the the life coaching side of things and that can be done from anywhere in the world so if you're overseas or if you're in Oz um, definitely hit him up because he is, yeah, just awesome at stepping into action and, um, yeah, just, I guess, getting clarity on where you are in this moment and guiding you through that in a really non-overwhelming way. 
give it a task for one singular thing to focus on, that might be a question. It might be a particular concept that I am just wanting to direct my mind and energy to. And so when I say meditate on this question or this um, this concept here, it's like, yeah, like not philosophizing on it, but just meditating on this present moment right now, like what is happening right in this moment? What can I focus on in this moment? And for me, in each and every singular moment that I come to, what is always present is my breath. And that is something that is like so simple and yet so difficult at times because because our breath breathes for us and we don't have to think about it. We don't often give it that conscious awareness. So um, that is something that I definitely draw upon in, you know, in more challenging times, but even when times are really good. So, and it's particularly amazing to strengthen that when things are good, so that when things like lockdown happen or, you know, death of a family member or something just random happens that either triggers you or throws you out, that you go, hey, like, I can switch into that moment of calm or I can switch into that um, healthy habit that I do when things are good and really know how to navigate forward um, with all of the tools that I've been implementing already. So what are some of the things that you do um, in each and every moment? Yeah, I just want to touch on what you mentioned there about the breathwork stuff too, because I know yesterday, I don't know whether it was because my subconscious mind knew lockdown was going to happen or what it was, but yesterday morning I was feeling pretty stressed out and overwhelmed. And I don't actually know why. And I was trying to break it down. I'm like, why do I feel stressed and overwhelmed? Like, there's nothing to be stressed and overwhelmed over, but I just had that feeling. And I think it was because I just had so many different things on my mind that needed to be done, like a big to do list. Um, things I wanted to be doing, of course, but it's just like I'm looking at it going, how have I got the hours in the day to do everything I want to do? Um, so I just got to the point where I wasn't feeling like feeling like I was breathing properly and I just took five, ten minutes to sit there and just focus on my breath. And that gave me a whole heap of clarity. It actually helped me to feel a lot better and literally just switch my state within that moment because I went from feeling pretty stressed out to actually feeling a sense of calm. So that's kind of what I did in that moment was just focus on my breath for a bit and literally just, you know, just in, out, in, out for a few, a few minutes just really slowing my breath down, just focusing on that, and then came back to it with a newfound energy and a newfound focus on what I needed to do, and I actually was really, really productive yesterday and got a lot of stuff done. So I think that's something that when I feel stressed out, I tend to lose my breath a lot, um, or when I'm overwhelmed, it's the same thing. To breathe, and I know you'll be able to touch on that a lot, uh, especially with everything you're into, I'm sure that, um, you know, that's something that you would recommend to me if you were with me in that moment, it's probably tell me just breathe. So that's probably the main thing I do, I guess. And then the other thing that often works for me is breaking things down and getting my thoughts on a piece of paper or even on, um, you know, Microsoft Word on my laptop or something, but just writing everything down. And this is something that worked for one of my coaching, uh, my life coaching clients last week too. He, um, had a big decision to make to do like, do I go this way, do I go this way? I'm sure I flipped it and I said, write it all down, 
every thought you have, put it on paper, write down the pros and cons, write down everything about it. Once it's all on paper, you visually see what your options are, and then you will probably more likely have a better idea of what you want to do, and you'll have a gut feeling towards one side. Even the other day, I know I sent you a voice message with all of my thoughts, uh, and that actually helps me to break it down for myself and figure out what I want to do. So I think. Yeah, breathing, but also chucking it down, getting it on paper, getting all your thoughts out there gives you the ability to, because when all your thoughts are in your head, they're kind of sporadically coming at different moments, and you know, you might forget one and remember the other, but then the other one comes back and you're all conflicted, and it's going, oh yeah, but this, then that, but this, but that. If you get it all on paper, it's all there, everything's there, you can add to that list. And this is what I told my client to, I said, give it a few days too. Don't just Make a decision after your initial writing it all down. Give yourself a few days. More thoughts will come, others will go. You'll potentially change your mind based on getting the opinions of other people that you value and trust. So give yourself a few days, get it all on paper. But once it's all there, there's your game plan. Or actually, well, there's the information from which you can create your game plan essentially. So they're probably the two main things I'll do in a moment of distress to. I love that and it it's super appropriate with the um, the goal setting workshop that I'm doing with Alex Kataba um, of a morning and today we covered commitment but I'm going to backtrack in chronological order to go back to the breathing side of things and Tom would probably be able to explain this a little bit better than me but I'm going to try my best to explain this simply and I've explained it before in our JTLS Life Summit groups and our development groups. But when we're stressed and when we're not um, thinking clearly, our body probably isn't getting enough oxygen. It's not getting enough blood. And like our brain needs that to function. And so when we're stressed and we're like, oh, I'm thinking about this and that and that, more than often, we're breathing through our mouth and it's only landing in the upper part of our lungs, so in our chest. So you could probably just, if you're a people watcher like myself, it's like, you know, I'm always looking at what people's behaviours are doing, what they're doing in given moments, what certain jobs are doing. Like if you were to observe a massage therapist versus somebody who's in like parliament, they're going to breathe very differently. Um, and you could almost guess what kind of breeders people would be based on their job. So often people are breathing in their chest, like what Tom was saying when he was feeling like a little bit overwhelmed with stress and didn't really know why. Breath was probably in the upper part of his lungs. And so we have a lot of sympathetic nervous system receptors in the top part of the lungs which perpetuates being in that stimulated way of being. Versus when we breathe through our nose, it allows for the passage of air to move all the way down to the lower part of our lungs and inflate like our belly. So it's like if you've ever heard of like diaphragmatic breathing, that's what they're talking about. So breathing through your nose to get the breath all the way down to the lower part of the lungs. And why is that important? At the lowest part of the lungs, we have these little alveolar sacs, which causes the exchange of oxygen and carbon dioxide in our body. So that's really, really important for 
the appropriate energy exchange for us to be functioning clearly, for our whole body to be oxygenated properly. And so just purely switching from mouth breathing to conscious nose breathing for just one or two minutes allows a whole like nervous system reset in a way. So to explain it in that way. So it's like if you don't have the moment then to close your eyes or go, oh, I don't have time to breathe. It's like actually you don't have time not to breathe really. And go to the bathroom, take a toilet break, sit on the toilet for a moment. Even if you don't need to go, just take a toilet break and sit in there and just allow yourself to breathe through your nose in and out, in and out, as simple as that. And I can almost guarantee that Tom's wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't like, oh, I've got to do this amazing, like, nostril breathing or some crazy technical breath work. It was like, I'm just focusing on my breath right now and focusing on getting a really full clear, balanced, steady, calm breath. And, you know, if you're feeling anxious, trying to slow your breath down, don't try and slow it down that much. Just just go in little gradual stages. I, I like to instruct people to first observe their breath because usually we don't even observe to that extent of like, I don't know, I don't know what kind of breather I am. It's like sit there for a moment and go, Okay, naturally I feel like I'm breathing through my mouth or my nose. Might be one or the other. If it's through your nose, then I would go, okay, in this moment, can I observe if my left or my right nostril is feeling dominant here? Okay, that's interesting. Cool. Don't pay too much attention to it. Then I try and just make it steady breath in, steady breath out. And it's kind of like didgeridoo breath like circular breathing, like you just want it to keep moving and moving, no pauses at the top or the bottom, just like in, out, in, out. Um, and if counting is something that gives your mind a task, then count in for two, three, four, whatever works for you, and then out, two, three, four, and trying to just balance in to out. And that you know, it's not like a beginner's breath. It's like from the advanced to whoever it is that's practicing this, anybody can do this and it's beneficial for anybody to start to pay attention closer to their breath patterns and noticing how that really can influence um, your clarity and your decisions and, um, and your health as well. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I have bought it. I haven't read it yet, but Breath by James Spencer is definitely on my list of books to read. It's literally sitting on my bookcase. I've just got a few others I need to get through first. But um, yeah, something that I'm quite interested in, obviously, especially with the human anatomy side of things, just focusing on that breath work. I've read um, the Wim Hof Method by Wim Hof, and that's something that I took a lot of value from too. I probably the thing for me is there's so much stuff I want to fit into my routine that I just don't feel like I have time to fit it all in, which is why I focus on just keeping it simple and just keeping the things that work best for me. So I would love to do like an hour of Wim Hof breathing a day and also an hour of meditation and all these things. But at the same time, I've had like my morning routine 
12, 14 months ago, it was like an hour and a half long. And so it just got to the point where I was like, man, it's just too much. We can kind of cram literally everything in uh, that all these people talk about. So I know it's, yeah, just about finding what works best for you. And what works best for me is when I do my breath work in the morning, it's only five, ten minutes of so breathwork, meditation, visualization, all in one. I'll lie on my back, my feet elevated um, in that Agoski pose, and I'll just breathe and just focus on breathing through my diaphragm. You know, I'd love to be doing all these fancy breathwork things, but at the same time, for me, I'm sure that would be beneficial. I'm not saying they wouldn't be, but I know just with my routine and what makes me feel good is just keeping it short and simple and then getting on to things because I generally wake up with a fire in my belly most mornings and I just want to get straight on my laptop and get to work. Um, but I also know that it's important to set myself up so that when I come to my laptop, I'm in a good, energetic, positive energy state rather than potentially being a bit rushed or flustered like I was yesterday. Maybe the reason I felt like that is because I didn't do my routine yesterday. Um, I was obviously with you and I had to drive back to Perth and things like that. So that's potentially why. Um, but at the same time, yes, it's about what, finding what works best for you. There's a million different meditations and breathwork techniques out there. And there's no point trying to force something just because someone says it's beneficial. Like I said, I'm sure doing the Wim Hof breathing would be beneficial for me. But I just don't feel like at this point in my life, it's the most beneficial thing for me to do with my time. So that's not to say that in a year's time, I might read something that says Wim Hof breathing makes you live 10 years older or something like that. I'm like, well, how are we going to start doing this? It's going to make me live longer. But, um, yeah, it's kind of just, yeah, finding what works best for you at the end of the day. And that's really important. Like, doing less actually makes you, and not doing less, like, oh, I'm actually just going to skimp on this and not do this activity, and it's just doing less is more sort of thing. But truly, doing less things to overwhelm you will propel you forward like tenfold and you know 10 minutes versus an hour and a half if you're getting to the same place with that hour and a half practice with your 10 minutes why wouldn't you go to 10 minutes like yeah. if, you know and I think so often people come can get caught up in that side of I need to tell somebody that I'm doing this amount or I need to look um need to show my clients or the people around me that I'm really dedicated to this and I know that when both of our practices were extremely long and occasionally I love doing those long practices when that feels right um, but it was to prove to myself it wasn't about you know proving it to other people but I know that sometimes when I've explained it to other people in the past it has come from a place of significance and it has come from a place of wanting to feel like wow, I have done a lot or I've done all of this stuff, but it's like if you're putting in a large amount of work, it will get recognised whether you tell people or not um, because it will show through in the person that you are and the way that you, should, like, um, I guess achieve results, like, versus going, oh, I'm like, I do a five-hour practice in the morning and then, like, every day I'm 20, I do a five-hour practice, I get up early, I do this, it's like, will show me the work, like, you know, I could be doing a 10-minute practice like I do now and still be getting the same results. I could be a more loving person. I could be a more successful person in my business because I'm 
actually giving myself time to tune in versus acting from that place of um, I need to do it to get it done or I need to do it because somebody else told me I should be, which was exactly like what I read out of the book. It's like, you know, being in this moment versus being where I think I should be. And, um, yeah, that's something that has taken many, many years for me to kind of grasp and to practice, not only like understand, but actually implement and practice. And I can tell you that my life is so much more full because of it. Like now I have the time to sit in and want to have a relationship, which is so cool that um, our relationship has evolved from there. But that's because, you know, like if you've met me back in the day, it's like I didn't, I don't think I had time for anybody, to be honest. Like I, I was so in a fire mode and I felt like anybody coming into my life, um, like in a relationship sort of sense, would be taking away from my freedom. Whereas now I can see that this like commitment side, it's like, okay, like I can schedule around, you know, a, a different practice that is going to be more fitting for this moment right now. And um, and that's where I wanted to move on to with what else you said of writing things down. And I went over this with Alex in our day three of goal setting, which is all about committing. Um, we've covered clarity, capabilities, and we're up to commitments today. Um, tomorrow being courage, the next day being confidence. But it is really, yeah, which is so timely because I got her, I've been instructing her to go through the process of doing this and writing down absolutely, you know, we chose just five actions, but then scheduling how many of those can be, you know, achieved within the next month. And it's like some of them will be ongoing and then some of them will be, you know, finished in the next couple of days. So from there, we got her to schedule in what days, what times she's going to actually put the effort in to, to do those activities. And it was so simple in the moment. Like she, she knew that she needed to do all of those things. And um, it's like you were saying with your clients too, often we know the answer, often we know what we need to do, but we're so clouded by going in these like cyclical patterns. Oh, I've got to do that. And I've got to pick up the kids or I've got to call this person. I've got to cook dinner. I've got to whatever it is, um, that we forget to actually write down, okay, like I'll read my book each night. Okay, I'll um, contact this person at this particular time. And so having clarity takes out all of the, the guesswork. It takes out all of the mind power of decision when you've already made that decision, that it's happening at that time and I'm not questioning it. And, yeah, love be, to hear your um your words on that? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you put it pretty well. Like, to be honest, I don't know if there's much more um, that I would add to it. I think it's, yeah, you summed it up pretty well. <laughs> awesome. So, what is your, what's your schedule for today after clients so that um, we're clear when you when you come down as well? Yeah, I'll literally put the time now. Um, the time is, so I'll call on my clients at 8.30. I've already called a couple, so I know they get up early, but I think I've got only four more to contact, depending on whether they pick up or not. So I'll give them a call 
um, try and schedule the meeting either for a virtual session or a session on the weekend. As soon as I've called them, I'll back my year and come down. Because uh, I don't imagine I'm going to be having anyone first thing tomorrow morning, and even if I do, I'll be able to drive back up to Perth. So I'll be coming down shortly. Awesome. Well, um, if there's anything that is scheduled into your day or your week, please make sure to just share it with me so I know um, that I'm not like overstepping any boundaries or yeah, distracting. <laughs> yeah, but like you know what I mean. Like you were talking about, you know, even yesterday morning of not having that time to set yourself up. I want to make sure that you also have your time to do your breath work or your visualizations and have a space oh, yeah. to do that as well. And I need to make more of an effort when I'm down with you to do that too. So I, I know I was thinking about that yesterday and I'm going to start to do that more and even. Um, like tonight I've got pretty much calls from I think maybe 5.30 until 7 or 8.30 so I'll just be on Zoom until then with um, some clients and also uh, having a chat with Meg about uh, the business too. So yeah, I'll um, yeah, still be as productive as I can and I'll obviously want to do a workout with the gear and stuff down there too. So that'll all be sweeter. Awesome. I shall see you very soon and have a beautiful morning up until we see ya. Awesome. Can't wait. Look forward to seeing you too. All right. Love ya. Bye.